So say you're in relationship with someone and you're going to therapy and they, you know, believe I had a great childhood, everything's good, but you're noticing things come up in the relationship. Mm-hmm. What would be something, would you just have to let that person come to their own realization of their childhood? Or what would you suggest people do if you're in a situation where you are looking at your childhood and now it's impacted you, but you might be in a relationship with someone who isn't willing or doesn't see anything wrong? I believe in people coming to their own understanding, maybe with a little support and gentle poking, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we like to give them the full story. See, you're always thinking about abandonment because your mom wasn't around. It's like, well, I don't don't know if that's going to change them. What did you expect? (laughs) You know, it's like, whoa, that was, you said it all. (laughs) When, you know, that could be the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're afraid of getting close to someone because maybe you do have challenges with being abandoned by a primary figure. However, um, can we just talk about the issues in our relationship? Mm -hmm. Because that's the issue. Maybe you can ask, has anybody else abandoned you? How do you think that impacted you? We don't need to state what we think is the obvious because the other person, they've been experiencing it and they don't see it. So it can't be that obvious Mm -hmm. and they may not be ready to handle it. And that's why they're unable to see it. So how do we stick to what's happening between the two of us? Mm -hmm. Which is a good thing to think about as it relates to other things in the relationship too. It's like, Mm -hmm. how can you stay present with what is What's the issue at hand? Like what is going on instead of bringing other things in? But you mentioned something about your childhood and the way that you grew up. And I actually didn't, I actually don't know much about your childhood and the dysfunction that you experienced. As much as you're comfortable to share, I would love to hear about some of the experiences that you went through Mm. in growing up. I'm a seven out of 10 on the ACE. Um, And will you explain what that is? Yes, the ACE is an adverse childhood experience test. Now, I would say that there, you can have an impact even with a two. So on that scale, we're looking at abuse, neglect, um, a parent having an alcohol issue, feeling unnoticed, feeling um, as if you didn't have any adults to talk to, just a variety of things that would impact a person. And I would say most of the things, if I didn't experience it, I witnessed it. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't experience, I had another relative who, you know, maybe had this experience, somebody in my neighborhood, that sort of thing. So I think there was a lot of um, adverse things happening and we didn't notice it as that. We didn't notice like having a single parent household or having someone who abused substances in your family like as highly problematic and impactful it was almost like roll with the punches Mm -hmm. but what we were experiencing was trauma in real time Mm -hmm. I think about you know before we started we were talking about a kid I used to work with who um, would say that he was being abused and you know um, the Child Protective Services, they can never find proof of that. But I wonder what was happening in your life that you would have those stories. Mm -hmm. That we have this level of, you know, trauma that I don't think we, we necessarily understand while we're in it. Because I certainly didn't know 
what was going on while I was in it. Of course, as I got older, I watched Oprah and, you know, Oprah gives you language like mm-hmm. sexual abuse, addiction, and, you know, emotional neglect. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> is that what that is? Mm-hmm. But again, I'm, I'm a kid, so I didn't know. And, you know, when so many people around you are experiencing so many of the same things, it's almost like, this must be some sort of norm. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get into the world, you're like, this isn't norm. Like this is, this is the environment. This is impactful. And so I had the opportunity to make, you know, some, some choices and to really deal with that stuff. And I think that it's an ongoing process because it does impact your relationships, not just with other people. I think the biggest relationship I've seen impacted is the one that we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm. How so? You know, self-esteem, self-worth, mm-hmm. self-sabotage, um, what we believe is possible for ourselves. I grew up in an environment of, I would say, whatever happened to you, people felt they had to deal with it. There was a lot of maybe disempowerment. It wasn't like, I'm in control. I can do this. It was like, oh, this is being done to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I had to start seeing that, wow, I can choose. I can create something. I can, you know, maybe go to college. I can move out of my parents' house. I can decide who I want to have relationships with in my family. Mm -hmm. I can decide, like, what I say in this situation. I can determine which patterns I want to break and which ones I want to keep. And so much of that is boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which was a lot of inspiration for the book. Do you remember, you know, was it watching Oprah where you were like, oh, wow, this is, this was trauma? Or what were some of the experiences that helped you to realize that what you had been through was dysfunctional and was harmful? I think just going through it. Mm -hmm. I I, I think, you know, watching Oprah and meeting other people has certainly validated it. But, you know, you know when something doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know when you feel embarrassed, you know when you're sad, you know when you're grieving. We we have we have that, but it does feel more real when people affirm it or when we see other people going through it. Um I would say I was always intuitive in that mm-hmm. way even if I didn't know what to do with it. I was like this doesn't feel right or this is not right. I don't know what to do with that, but <laughs> It doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. or that adult shouldn't talk like that. I remember telling um, on a teacher once because she paddled a boy on his hand. And I told my mom, I said, that law has been outlawed. She cannot hit kids in class anymore. (laughs) Like, I just knew it. You know, like, I just knew, like, you're not supposed to talk to me like Mm -hmm. that. I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. I know you're not supposed to. Yeah. I remember one time I was being gaslit by one of my parents. I didn't know the language then. I didn't really know what was going on. And I just was like this. I literally was like walking up the stairs of my house after just being completely gaslit. And I was like, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. something about this is not normal. Like what's happening is not normal. And especially from a parent. And I just was like, damn, has this been like my life where my reality has been shifted or shaped by someone that's like doing this? And, and I do think we have that intuition and I'm so grateful that I had that moment, but just it made me really sad to think about all the other moments before where you're just like, I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
oh yeah, I'm not feeling that way or all of the things that lead up to it. For you and some of the things you experienced, I think one of the follow-up questions that a lot of people have is, do you speak to the person, the perpetrator, I guess, or the person that harmed you or the person that hurt you as part of your healing? Like, are they involved with the healing process? If it's a parent, if it's a sibling, if it's an uncle, whatever it is. They can or they can't be. Mm -hmm. It's a very unique situation depending on what they did. Sometimes we go to the person who caused harm and they just cause more harm because they're like, I didn't do that. That's Mm -hmm. not a part of the story. It happened this way or this is why I did it. You were doing this. (laughs) And, you know, like, well, that further the harm for you Mm -hmm. I I, I think that's important to think about Mm -hmm. sometimes we are seeking like oh this person is going to acknowledge it they're going to change it and it's like they're going to reaffirm what they've already done Mm -hmm. I've I've, I think I've done it always Mm -hmm. I've gone to the person and um said hey you did this thing and then they threw it back on me and said Mm -hmm. no you were wrong there were five people there watching. (laughs) All of them said I was right. (laughs) Like, let me grab them. They're here. Grab them. Come on. Let's get on a five-way call. Everyone, tell them. Literally. (laughs) One, two, three. Go. And then you're just spinning and wasting so much energy. You're wasting so much Proving. You're like, no. And this person is like, no, that didn't happen. This is why it happened. And you're like, uh. <laughs> yeah, what would you do after that? Do you just kind of back up? Or are you like, okay? Well, you know, I, I think in that situation, it was a lesson for me. Like, this person cannot hear anything negative about themselves. Yes. And I know multiple people like that. If you say, you know, hey, you didn't just close that door. It wasn't, it's okay. you can't hear anything about mm-hmm. yourself. So there are some of us, we just can't tolerate hearing anything negative about ourselves. We cannot tolerate how we treat other people because we have a view of ourselves and we're able to justify all of our behaviors, even if those behaviors are harmful to other people, if they're neglectful, if they're abusive. Mm -hmm. So I no longer seek validation from the people who harmed me. Mm -hmm. It's not a part of my process. Now, yeah. I understand some people may may want to, you know, confront that with other people. But for the people who have harmed me, I've tried. And I know that instead of them owning it many times, they have said, no, this is why I did it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.